We are here because we know the outcomes in our lives are within our control. That taking absolute ownership of how we eat, sleep, train, think, and connect with each other is how we'll optimize our health and happiness. That chasing excellence is how we grab hold of what is possible. Our mission is to live on the run, always chasing, never stopping. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Chasing Excellence. As always here with Ben, how are you, sir? Doing really good. Thanks, Patrick. Awesome. Today we are returning to one of my favorite formats, but also the format I realized as I was, as I was, we were kind of getting ready to to log on today. This is now the format that gives me the most anxiety. This is the one that actually creates. I, I actually get nervous before we record these. The only thing equal to it is like if we have a Ryan Holiday or somebody similar on, where I'm like, I just don't want to sound like an idiot. And so now <laughs> Hopper Talk and and Ryan Holiday is, are the two. We've been doing this for like three or four years, so my. I don't get too nervous logging on and starting these, but, but Hopper talk still does it for me now. That's great. Yeah, that's good. It means um, that, 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 that means you care. That's right. Uh, and it means it's pushing me beyond my, my comfort zones, which, uh, is useful and necessary. Uh, and so for folks who are new Hopper talk is when I pull, uh, random questions off the internet, often from Reddit. Uh, and then you and I kind of trade answers and these are not uh, these are, they're, they're similar to chasing excellence type questions, but sometimes they're quite random. Um, and we just kind of see where we land and see if we agree and see how far apart we are. If we do not cool, let's do it. All right. We got five questions today. The first one, I'll let you go first. What is a scam that most people don't realize is a scam? So I'll answer this with, um, the same, cause it's the same question. Bodhi, my nine-year-old, asked me two days ago, if you were president, what law would you make? So first off, oh, it's cool oh, that he awesome just thinks that, the, that the, yeah. he thinks the president <laughs> makes the laws. I just <laughs> love <true>. that. <laughs> but this is the same answer because I think it's a scam. I think it's – hit me. It's added charges, added fees. Mm-hmm. Like baggage so go, fees and – so like any – like you go to a resort or a hotel and you stay and at the end, it's not just like – you 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 booked a room for you know one hundred and forty nine dollars a night. At the end, it's like resort fee and um, taxes and there's the, all these different line yeah. items, and it's it's just a scam. It's a to- like like when I run my business, it's not like well we charge yeah. two hundred dollars for a membership and then when it goes to charge them, I don't go and here's the facility fee and here's yeah. the coaching fee and here's the <laughs> water fee and here's the parking fee and here's the it's and this happens on everything on your phone bill on where you it's like it's everywhere and yeah. it's just a scam so if i was president that's what i would do <laughs> i would eliminate i would have it so the price you see and the it's up to the it's up to the provider to figure out what the true total cost is but they have to be rolled in like if there's a resort fee cool let us know that before before we yeah. Before we buy it, you can't tell me that after I bought it. So that's a scam. I, and I would, if I was president, it'd be gone. <laughs> Day one, executive order number one. And no I more. wouldn't run on that. That would not be my, that would not be my campaign because I would not I get know. any. People might vote you. Vote people you might, but reason. I wouldn't get any backing from any of the big corporate ones, that's which are true. the ones that actually move the needle. Yeah. This isn't the same thing, but what what I thought about and which annoys me is when you go to a hotel and they charge you a, a Wi-Fi fee. That's the same thing. 
No, yeah, that, I mean, that's it's the same it's, thing. It's kind of like an ad, like it's it's a voluntary add-on charge at least, but it yeah. but it's still obnoxious. Like twenty dollars to log onto the internet. And I even in, think for know, like planes, like yeah, if you provide the internet, tell us you provide the internet, and then involve it in, but charge me twenty more dollars. It happens in colleges, like yeah. we like we pay, you know, tens of thousands of dollars for our kids to go to college, and then we get an extra bill at the end for like the parking fee and for the administrative fees and for the uniform fee for their lacrosse. It's like, just roll it in. Yeah. Don't add it on at the end. <laughs> I'll give another one that like is popping in my head now that my yeah. dad brought to light that once, cause it's one of these things that like, once you see it, you can't unsee it and that just pisses you off. So now that I'm pissed off, I want the rest of everybody like, listening to be pissed. <laughs> I'm, I'm turning into a grumpy old man. Yes. Good question. Patrick is, <laughs> Um, what he brought to light was when you call somebody and they don't answer and you get voicemail, mm -hmm. it could just say, leave a message at the tone, Beep. but it doesn't. What's it say? You've reached the working phone number of, oh yeah, yeah. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. At the end of the call, you can hang up or press one for more options. So what they've done is they've taken something that requires you three seconds and made it 15 seconds so they can get the extra 15 seconds of data charges every single time. Over time, that adds up to massive amounts of extra fees that they can charge. That's and it's the only reason they do it. Everyone knows you can hang up when you're done. <laughs> like, you don't have yep. to tell me that. You don't have to tell me the number I reached. I just called it. Like, yep. it's crazy. That's so it should funny. say, leave I, a message at the tone. Beep. Yep. I haven't left a voicemail in like 10 years. I don't have voicemail on my phone. <laughs> yeah. I think I do. I don't particularly pay much attention to it though. That's so funny. Yeah. Now I'm going to, that's going to annoy me every time I'm yes, I actually. Yep. Sorry. Actually, That's all right. That's, that's funny. All right. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's funny. Okay. So, uh, the, 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 the scam that most people don't realize is a scam. Might annoy some people, and uh, and I I and I don't know that I technically would call it a scam, but I'm going to go go with it anyways. Which is supplements. Almost every supplement oh. I think is a scam, and this is this comes from this isn't. I haven't always believed this, mostly because I didn't pay much attention to it, and I've definitely bought supplements uh, in the past. I have I haven't for a while, but. This comes mostly from my work with EC on the Consistency Project podcast, which if I had to like really like kind of tongue in cheek summarize what the show is, it's EC taking something that is kind of in the, in the waters of like, oh, you should do this. You should try keto. You should do, we just actually recorded today an episode on um, fish oil and omega-3s and omega-6s and you know, this is like, you've got to do this. And like, this is the thing. And, and she kind of systematically goes through the research and almost every single time, I, I'm not exaggerating almost every single time, what she comes away with is the science isn't there to back this up. And the research doesn't say what the marketing says, right? Almost every single time, no matter what the subject is. Um, and I don't think she's going in to debunk. She's not going into poo poo all these things. She's she's going it's not into busters. No, it's not. It's like I think she's genuinely like, let, let me see if this makes any sense. Um, and there are a couple things which she says, you know, cool, thumbs up. Like, uh, you know, creatine, for example. Like, there's there's some science, there's some research. Like, okay, that that seems like if 
but almost everything else is uh, marketing and almost everything else is a story yep. being sold to somebody who wor- is, you know, is worried that they're not doing something that they should be doing. And uh, again, I'm, I'm really just kind of taking all this from stuff I've learned from EC over the last couple of years, but she has this term that I love called the worried well, which is all of us who like, we eat well, we go to the gym, we work out, we, we sleep as much as we can, but we're constantly being sold this idea that like, well, maybe keto's the answer or, well, you really need to, you really need to take this fish oil or this beta alanine is really going to help you in the gym when time and time again, it's. Well, you should probably just eat more fruits and vegetables. You should probably just eat more whole food uh, and protein. And that is going to be the biggest lever you have in short-term performance and long-term performance, in short-term aesthetics and long-term aesthetics. And everything else is abdicating responsibility to doing the difficult work of eating real foods and and probably cooking for yourself more than you would like to. It's like this idea, like, Oh, all these magic pills. If you just stack these magic pills, you don't have to do the difficult thing of like cooking some chicken and eating some vegetables and, uh, and, you know, drinking enough water and going to bed. And we just keep, keep getting sold these little magic pills that keep selling us on the idea that, well, we could be a little bit healthier and, and wouldn't that be great. But there's those get jacked guys in the magazine that like, that use the MPH powder. Yeah. You know, and there's like, and it's so much easier, Patrick, to and take a pill. It is so much easier. And one of the things she points out is like, we, we, especially like in, in our community, right. And the, the people who are listening, we have this sort of knee jerk reaction against like big pharma. Right. And again, most of that is fine. I'm not going to argue against that. But when you actually look at it, big pharma has far, far, far more stringent, uh, rules and regulations that they have to follow. Whereas supplements have zero, they have none. They can say anything, the thing, whatever you're taking could be practically anything. Whereas these other things that were like, Oh, bad, big pharma, bad. Like they've had to go through years and years in our, our, of R and D to prove that the thing that they're selling is the thing, it does the thing that they say it does. Now, again, I'm not saying everyone needs to go take, you know, whatever pills. That's not it at all. I'm just merely saying like we so eat, we so quickly cast medicine aside and we so quickly embrace marketing. And like, we look at, we look at people like you're crazy for not, for, for thinking that fish oil is not the greatest thing in the world. When truthfully, there's not a lot of evidence to say that it is. Right. Yeah. I think that, you know, you pointed to creatine. Um, I think creatine and caffeine are probably the only two that I've come across as supplements that actually move the needle for what you're trying to do, whether it's, you know, build muscle, create energy, whatever it is like those, those two things work. They're real. Um, but everything like back in the day, it was pregnant. People should be taking folic acid. And then it was Mm. EPA, DHA, you know, omega threes. And then it was the latest, you know, now it's vitamin D and then it became probiotics and, you know, and then it's, you know, the gut health and it all, it all comes back to the really simple, but hard thing of vegetables, fruit, and lean proteins. Yep. Yep. It's a good one. Oh, that's Pat. my scam. It's a good one. Well, credit to EC. Cause she's been teaching me a lot about this stuff the last couple of years. So, hmm. all right, next one. 
Next question. What weird thing would you make socially acceptable if you could? You're first. All right. I'll I'm going to harken back. I'm going to harken back to uh, one. I think maybe it was the first Hopper talk. We talked about naps. And we talked like the question was like, should naps be something more something or other? And I argued that or I tried to make the case that naps should be. And I'm I'm sticking with it, man, because I actually just read a book. It's right next to me. It's called Rest. Um, it was actually I read it was the last book I read last year. It's by Alex Sojung Kim Pang, P-A-N-G. Um, it had been sitting on my shelf for a while, and I don't know why. I just grabbed it like late December and I just I read through it. And it was probably one of the best books I read last year. Oh, wow. Um and, and so I was, I was thinking about, I was thinking about that. I have been thinking about that, thinking about this, this question. And I just came back to like, <laughs> naps are something that we only give credence to if you're a kindergartner, <laughs> right? If like my kid right now is probably, no, he's actually up from his nap now. Like that's the only socially acceptable nap now right. is if you're like 18 months or two years old. When the truth is they can be incredibly useful tools in uh in uh rehabilitation in recovery in um in uh focus and in memory all these things uh studies have found that nap when done when done well not just like a random 3 hour nap in the afternoon but when done with some intelligent with some in intention um, can be incredibly powerful levers or levers to, uh, to enhance performance and enhance focus and creativity, um, which are all things obviously that I think a lot about. Um, and, and the, the other reason why I really liked it and the, and the reason that this is kind of my, my weird thing that I'd make acceptable is something I've been thinking about a lot. And I just kind of wrote about it a little bit on Instagram, which is this first hour, last hour rule that I've been trying to work on for the last couple months. Uh, and th the rule is like what I came to realize, and this is just obviously just personally, but I, I don't think I'm, I'm wrong that a, it, a lot of people struggle with, which is the first hour of the day and the last hour of the day, the first hour of the day, we often just kind of stumble through. And we've talked about this a little bit before. I think we did a, a, a decent episode on this idea, but we kind of just stumble through. We wake up, we look at Instagram, we like slowly make coffee. We take a 25 minute shower and all of a sudden the rest of the world is awake and now we're at work or whatever. And so we waste that first hour. And then the last hour of the day, what do we tend to do? Kids go to sleep if you got kids. But oftentimes you just get on the couch, watch Netflix, drink something, watch too much Netflix and go to bed too late. And so what I realized just for myself was like, if I want to get better, however you, however I define that, however you would define that, those are the two hours that have, we have the most potential. That first hour, because nobody's awake yet, if you wake up a little bit earlier than you'd like, and that last hour when nobody's expecting anything of you, if you take advantage of those times, those can be the, the, the times at which you work out, you, you meal prep, you read, you start, a, you start a side hustle, you do what all of these things that we're all like, oh, I wish I had time to do it. Like those are the two hours that we could do it. And so I was thinking about that as it relates to this question and naps. And I was like, well, with that in mind, what a nap would do, like a 20 to 30 minute nap, if you could figure out how to live your life in such a way that you could pull that off. That would allow you to get up 30 minutes or 45 minutes or an hour earlier in the day when no emails are coming in, nobody's calling you, nobody's texting you, nothing interesting is on social media, like all the, all the things that distract us and pull from us when we do get up. If you can, if you can take that time and say, I'm going to front load the day and use that hour and I'm going to give, and I'm going to take some of it back at after lunch, I'll take a 30 minute nap, which is really all I think is, is necessary and needed. Um, you could really move the needle for yourself by kind of reallocating some of that wasted time in the morning. And yeah, maybe you're a little bit tired. So you grab a little nap in the middle of the day. That's great. So that's, uh, yeah. That's, that's my thing. 
I dig it. Um, I love it. I'm not a napper, but I might be now. Yeah, I, I would like to also say I haven't figured out how to do this yet. This, yeah. this is just this is this is aspirational to me. But and I will say, and the reason I thought about it as being socially acceptable because I did like this was before kids. This was like maybe six or seven years. My my, my she's my girlfriend then, my wife and I, living together in Boston, and just for the hell of it, I was like, I'm gonna and I would just work from home. Like I literally never left the apartment and she, she would leave in the morning and come back and just fucking be in the same place. And I was like, I'm going to try it for a week. I'm just going to like take a nap in the middle of the day. And I did it and it was wonderful. And then I told mm-hmm. her about it like on Friday and she hasn't let me live it down yet. <laughs> <laughs> I tried it like for four days. She'll tell anybody about it that one week that I took a nap and it's like, well, don't give me crap about it. I'm just, right. I'm trying something. So anyways, that's cool. Okay. Um, can you read the question again? I want to make sure I, I yep. answer this right. What weird thing would you make socially acceptable if you could? Okay. Um, first thing that pops into my mind is – it's why I smiled when you said naps mm-hmm. is – I'm just going to take it from the opposite spin um, – is sleeping in. And this is somebody mm-hmm. – I get up at 525 every yeah. morning. Like every yeah. morning I'm up at 525 because I want to own those first three or four hours of my day. Like I just want, it's so important to me, but sleep is such a challenge for me because as you said, the world wakes up and the world starts at, and this is the problem to me is if you read like Matthew Walker, you know, when schools have gotten earlier and earlier and earlier, and because that we're more and more sleep deprived and sleep is just such a massive, it's one of our five pillars. It's a huge, huge thing. I love that you pulled in naps. Um, I was just going about it from a different point of view, which is let's just get the full night to sleep. So to me, it's, I think that we should all be waking up without an alarm. Every, Mm -hmm. I mean like me, you, our kids, that's the natural, that's every other animal on planet earth does this. (laughs) Nobody else is like interrupting their sleep. (laughs) Yeah. You know, Matthew Walker says it really cool. He's like, imagine if aliens came down and then they would look back and like explained what we did at night to their other people. Like, they had this elaborate routine where they stand in front of mirrors and, you know, <laughs> scrub their mouths and, you know, they put on these different clothes and they lie down and close their eyes for a long time. And then they have this machine that, you know, blares them out of this, de- this deep unconsciousness. It's like, yep. we, why do we do that? And so what I would do is it'd take a lot more than just like making something acceptable. I would change, maybe this is if I was president, this would be the second thing I would do <laughs> is... Honestly, like no schools, no work starts before yeah. 10 a.m. Yeah, that's so interesting. I, 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 cause I'm, I'm up early like you and I, the, the road that goes by or a school bus goes by and it's always dark. I'm like, why are these, why is anybody on a school bus at seven o'clock or whatever time? It's yes. Like school buses come at 7.15. Yeah. It's crazy. And there's Matthew Walker, there's all these studies of when they moved school times earlier, what happened to SAT scores, and then they move them back. You know, when they move back in these small increments, 30 minutes to 40 minutes, what happens to SAT scores? I mean, it's amazing. Daylight savings, when we get that one extra hour of sleep, daylight savings, we get that one extra hour of sleep, heart attacks go down by 20%. Yeah. When we lose an hour of sleep, heart attacks go up that day by 20%. I mean, it's just like, it's insanity. So that's insane. That's the thing that I would do is make sleeping in to your needs, whatever that is acceptable. Yeah. Why, why, why are schools, why do they start so early? Is it just so that like you can get the kid out of the house so you can go to work? Is it all just based around? It's because we have to be at work early. Yes. 
It's that whole thing. It's the work thing. So because people require people at work. Now I get it. Like, I mean, it's just, it's the whole thing snowballs, right? So yeah, totally. we have to get our kids to, to work at a certain time so we can go to work. Well, yep. and then we have to run classes at five in the morning because people are going to work so early. And it's like, we're creating this terrible cycle on top of ourselves. Yeah. yeah. But if nothing happened before 10, just, you know, we don't need a 40 hour work week. You know, if we can figure out how to be more productive, which is another thing that would make more acceptable is I think that Slack and email are the biggest distractions. You know, if you read deep work, Cal Newport, there's a really cool, um, it's kind of like the mind explained or something like that on Netflix that, um, there's a mm, Netflix okay. thing called explained. Yep, and one of the things that. is about focus. And I shared it with my whole team, my whole staff. And it's, um, they talk about the interruptions at work and what Slack does and what email does. So this would be the other thing that'd be totally weird and not acceptable right now, mm -hmm. but, um, you don't need to respond to email. Yeah. So I used to, when I was growing up in high school, my best friend, I would go to his house and you know, we'd, I eat over his house. Like you do, you eat at your friend's house for dinner and we'd all be sitting around the table. I'd be sitting with his family and the phone would ring and no one would get up and answer it. And I was like, <laughs> what is, why are you not answering the phone? And I literally asked the dad, I was like, Mr. Mullen, why aren't you answering the phone? He goes, the phone is for our convenience, not for theirs. Mm -hmm. That stuck with me forever. Yeah. The phone is for my convenience, not theirs. They're, it's not allowed to interrupt me. And I brought that into the workplace. Like you're not allowed. Email is not allowed. Slack is not allowed to interrupt me in my workflow. Yeah. And it'd be so much better if that was an acceptable thing. If you really need something from somebody, this is what, so Jeff Bezos does this. You're not mm -hmm. allowed to like, you're not allowed to throw things out in meetings. You have to write a minimum seven page report to present something. Yep. And then don't they the start the meeting? Everybody reads it, right? Yep. Exactly. Everyone reads the seven page report. Now all the trivial little interruptions, you have to really think about something before you want to interrupt somebody. Yeah. And now they're dealing with the big issues, not the little small ones. Yep. And they're getting crap done. Like, yeah. man, that's like, like the, the amount of interruption that we have in our lives. And now we're sleep deprived on top of it. Yep. Like, yeah. Man. So we're constantly reactive now. So now what you have to do is you have to work 40, 50, 60 hours because you're unproductive because you're bouncing around and there's transition costs to everything you do. You're plugging away, doing your work and boom, yeah. text message. You're plugging yep. now transition costs. And now you got to recalibrate. Yep. Oh man, the cost of switching. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, that's a, that's a great point. I one of you know, I hadn't thought about it, but weird thing that makes socially acceptable. I genuinely, and like not everybody, of course, because, because there are, there are edge cases, but like five to six hours of actual work, actual work, like real yeah, exactly. actual work. That's it. Yeah. Go home early, leave, get there, like whatever it is you will, you do not get more than that amount of actual work done. Most people get about four hours of work done. Most of us spend too much time in what Cal Newport calls the hyperactive hive mind, which is like, mm -hmm. oh, inbox, ah, notification, ah, text message. Busy, 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 busy. Constantly busy, busy. context switching, constantly kicking the, the soccer ball of responsibility back to somebody else, like your turn now. And uh, if you actually pay attention to how much real work you do, not pinging around of pseudo work to, to, to things that feel like work, but aren't productive. You're getting about four to six hours tops. That's and a, like, let's that's, just make that. That's, that's you, Patrick. That is not the workplace. 
Mm. The workplace, I think the estimates are way, way lower than that. Way lower? Yeah. You'll actually like this. So you'll like what we set up. So um, we've created a weekly workflow. So Mm -hmm. um, the way we do this is it's uh, Mojo Mondays. Mondays is all about us coming together as a team to make sure that we're on the same page of what makes us amazing. And we have a culture meeting every Monday. It's 45 minutes that we become the best versions of ourselves. Tuesday is Team Tuesdays. This is where we, you meet with your team. Everyone has a scheduled team meeting. Wednesdays are Deep Work Wednesdays. You are not allowed to have a meeting. You're not allowed to email somebody. You're not allowed to respond to anyone's emails. You are only here to do work. No interruptions. Mm-hmm. Thursdays are Thorough Thursdays. Thorough Thursdays is where you can, again, meet with your team, have meetings, do your stuff, get stuff done. Hopefully, you can get everything done in your week, done in those four days. Yeah. Because if you, if you do, you have Freedom Fridays where you can do what you want to do. If you want to come to the office, cool. But there's no, if you want to answer emails, you can. But there's no <clears throat> meetings allowed. Yep. There's no meetings because then you are taking someone else's time and saying, I need you here. So meetings are only allowed on Mondays, Tuesdays, and Thursdays. Wednesdays and Fridays, there's no meetings. Wednesdays, there's no nothing. Middle of the week, you got to get your deep work done. And Fridays are free. We're at the point where if you got all your work done and you, you're responsible for your key objectives, your quarterly rocks, we have numbers, make sure you're doing your work. We're tasking you. We're holding accountability on a weekly, quarterly basis. If you're getting it done and you want to go skiing on Friday, you want to go for a walk, you want to take a yoga class, you want to take a master class, you want to be at your kid's soccer game, go for it. Don't even ask permission. Go for it. Now, we have urgent things that need to get done. So if you work the front desk, you have to be at the front desk. If you're coaching a class, you have to be at the – if you have to post something on social, you have to post something on social. If you have to put out programming, you put out programming. But other than that, free form. So we've got this kind of like autonomy, shorter work week, but an opportunity at least for a full Wednesday. If you don't even want – you know, Fridays, if you don't want to come in the office, don't come in the office. Wednesday, we're saying come into the office – do it here, we. But you know, because I I believe in yeah. the the living breathing thing needs living and breathing things. If we want our business to be a living breathing thing, which is a team, we need to be here present in the in with other people. So I'm as much as I am about autonomy and no distractions. I'm not a fan of remote work. Yeah. Yeah. We've talked about that. Uh, what I what I actually like about that because on the surface you'd be like, oh, just let them stay home. But what I really like about that is that. When you're in a room with other people doing deep work, it helps you get into deep work and it helps you focus more because you look around and you think, all right, but this is what we do here. Yes. This is today is this, yes. right? Yeah. We and don't fumble around. Team. We don't. Yeah. There's, there's less distractions. Yeah. Yes. I love that. And I'd also say the-, the It creates the, a group flow state. Exactly. Yeah. Without, without doing anything except everybody get their head down and get their work done. Yes. Um, and on Friday, I love that the idea, like if you've got responsibility, like, because there's always that balance. Like if you want freedom, then you've got to have, you've got responsibilities to earn that freedom, right? Yeah. So if you've got to do some stuff, that's on you. You've got to get it done. But assuming you do that, you've got the, the freedom otherwise to take a deep breath and, and do what you got to do or do what you want to do. I love that. Um, have you looked at uh, Basecamp at all? The the app or the, I don't, I don't know if it's called an app, but it's an app. Uh, I don't know. No, I'm not familiar with Basecamp. I'm familiar with Jason Friedman and yeah. um, uh, Joel, is it? I've read bo- a couple of their books. Yeah. Um, and I, that's, I, what, I, that's actually what spurred a lot of that. that. Cool. Yeah, I think they wrote Rework. 
Um, we were, and, and they wrote another one, another great one, which is great one, follow-up, great, great follow-up. I actually like it better than rework. It's called, it doesn't have to be crazy at work. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that. It's amazing. Or is that, did I just miss it? I mean, uh, it's, it. it's yeah. I have a couple copies of it here somewhere. Oh, good. Um, um yeah, it's, anyways, uh, ba- Basecamp is kind of built around, uh, project management and communication. And, and I don't really use it. I've used it in the past. I was actually randomly just looking at it today, which is why it popped in my head, but it's kind of this like anti slack, anti email tool that everything kind of lives inside of. And mm-hmm. so it's not hyperactive hive mind, but it still allows you the tools necessary to work. Cause, cause 37 signals, I think is what it's called. They're a completely distributed workforce. And so they need the ability to communicate across time zones. Right. Um, and so that's what they, they've kind of built. But anyways, it, it strikes me that maybe that's a tool worth again, looking yeah, at. Yeah. We've actually, so I've, I, we've used Monday. Um, mm-hmm. Monday, I think is a, it's the same thing. It's a project management tool. And yep. it actually, for me, this is the way me, it was so much managing. It was so much managing the software that that became a distraction from the actual work itself. So, um, I'm not against it. If it works for an individual or a team, I think that's phenomenal. It just wasn't, uh, that type of format doesn't work well with me. Yep. Cool. Super cool. Love all that. And, 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 uh, kudos to you guys because that's, what's necessary. That's what's needed. Um, okay. Next question. What are some oddly specific signs that someone is a good person? Okay. Um, oddly specific, oddly um, specific. somebody that doesn't walk by, but picks up trash mm. litter, you know, so they're, yep. they're walking, I don't, you know, like through the office and there's a stray napkin near the trash and they pick it up. I think that's just, you know, <laughs> it's a, Oddly specific, but it, uh, it, yep. like that's a good person. Yep. They're, they're looking for the greater good. They're taking responsibility. They realize that they're not a bystander in this thing that they can help and contribute. And they're not just kind of in their own heads doing their own thing. Um, Love that. You know, similar to that is like maybe similar, but different is you're walking through and you find, you know, not litter, but you find money, like trash, mm-hmm. or like not trash, but like valuables. Cash. Cash, cash money, yo. Uh, more money, more problems. And instead of pocketing it, they try to return it. You know, they try to find the rightful owner. And made it stuck with me because, again, thing from my past, there was um, when I was probably around 10 years old. That's why I remember it anyway. Two of my friends, two of my really good friends, um, found $800 uh, floating around in the air at the, <laughs> at the park at the jungle gym. Yep. Like it was just blowing around. And I was like, oh my God, like $800 when you're 10 years old is it's like a gazillion. It's like yeah. you can't wrap your head around it. Um, but they went to the police station and tried to return it. And I was like, whoa, whoa, that really resonated and it stuck with me. Um, yeah. nobody came to claim it. So the police actually gave it back to them. And that probably even furthered it to me. Like they did the right thing, but it paid off in the end. And you know, like yep. back to them. Um, I always thought that that's like a thing is like people that pick up trash or valuables and try to do the right thing with them. Mm-hmm. What about you? Uh, I've got two as well. The first one is totally self-serving because it's something that I do. So I have, I, ha, I have so you're just reinforcing person. my own oh, self identity. So I don't know if it's actually true, but, uh, so the first one is, uh, they host people podcasts. who, yeah, they, 
<laughs> oddly specific. People, <laughs> that is oddly specific. Uh, people who, when like you're walking, you know, down the road or you whatever, you're in a place who smile at little kids and dogs when they oh, kind of like walk like past yeah. you, like, right? Like engage with that. It baffles me when somebody walks by a little kid and like, they just like nothing on their face. Like little, mm. like if a little kid doesn't make you smile, then, then I, I don't know what you're doing with your life. Mm. Um, and I just extend that to dogs too. Cause I love dogs. Um, and so that's the first thing. And then the second one is something that I actually saw a friend of mine do. And, um, and, and as I was thinking about this question, I was like, yeah, that was, that was oddly specific. And we were waiting for a train. Um, this was years ago. We were waiting for a train and he noticed that somebody like went down the track a little bit had like the tag of their t-shirt sticking up. Uh, it was just like, you know, how it happens. And all he like, no, didn't make a thing of it. Just tapped him on the shoulders. Hey, your, your tag's up. That's it. Just like, that was it. That was the whole thing. And the guy's like, no, oh, thanks. And I was like, one, I would just, uh, that's not something I would ever think to do. But in, in reflecting on it, it's like, what a nice thing to do to just be like, hey, you got a little toilet paper on your shoes or like you're, you got something in your teeth or like that thing. Like I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to instigate, I'm going to instigate a little bit of an awkward thing so that you don't have, you're not walking through the world uh, in, in a way yeah. that might be embarrassing or awkward for you. Okay. Uh, speaking of that and speaking of awkward, Heather's a great <laughs> I think person. I know what you're good. I think, I, okay, go ahead. Heather's a great person. So she does this and yeah. oh my God. Two summers ago, I hope the person that this happened to isn't listening. Two summers ago, we're at the beach and she goes up to a complete stranger, a female who's just yep. wading in the water, knee deep, um, looking after her kids who are playing in the water and goes, um, I'm sorry. I don't know how else to say this, but your string is hanging out. <laughs> her tampon string was hanging oh, out through... Through through her bathing suit, yeah. and the worst part about it was there wasn't the woman wasn't like oh my god oh my god I can't believe it. I'm so like she said thank you <laughs> and didn't re, didn't do anything and there's yeah, like the, the, uh, a moment of shock uh, oh, uh okay <laughs> and just walked away so yes like that is a good person but it can be awkward absolutely but it, but that i think that's that's what it is this is actually fun, kind of fun to think about like why why did i why did that moment stick with me because it was a nothing moment yeah. but i think it was that it was just like recognizing that you actually have the power to to um to alleviate somebody else's embarrassment even if they're not aware that they're in a position of being embarrassed yeah i got another one um which is somebody points something out about you that um you don't like, like you were wrong about something or something like this and you don't get defensive. Yeah. Like people that don't get defensive when somebody is pointing out a, a fault, an error, a mistake, um, poking fun at them or whatever it is, just having that, I, I guess it almost comes across as like um, a really quiet, subtle confidence, but that also mm -hmm. sends us like, that's, that's a, so somebody points out that like, Hey Patrick, you, when you, um, speak you X, Y, and Z. And you're just like, Oh, that's cool to hear. Thanks. You're like, Oh man, mm -hmm. Patrick's a cool person. Mm -hmm. As opposed to somebody that gets really defensive about things or yeah. somebody like can confront somebody about like a political view or whatever it is. Yeah. And somebody that's just like, doesn't fight it just kind of like is really accepting of that. I think it's another s small, oddly specific indicator <laughs> of a good person. I agree. I like that. Okay. Next one. We got two more. What are the two types of people? 
<laughs> I love uh, that. So <laughs> your what, turn. What are the two types of people? Okay, so I've got – I think I, I came up with two, though. There's there's infinite numbers. And I, one I thought of because – and I thought of you because I think this is one way that you and I are very different. Um, and it's, it's the type of people or the type of person who when uh, like a computer or your phone is like, hey, you've got an update – the two types of people are I avoid that oh, wow. at all costs oh, or wow. I do it immediately. Oh, wow. And I'm of the latter type. I, I, it's actually sometimes it causes me a headache because I'll update something and then I won't be able to use the computer for like 30 minutes. And I'm like, why? I did not need to update. But there's something in me that's like I have to update to the latest version possible as quickly as possible. Um, and I know I've seen your computer before and it's been like 17 <laughs> versions old. So I know that you are not of this. I am a complete laggard because I'm a technology adaptation yeah. laggard. It's only when I'm absolutely forced to will I do that. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Oh so my that was God, my first that's one. so good, Patrick. I like that one. <laughs> the second one is something I actually use a lot when talking about branding or talking with folks about branding, which is <clears throat> imagine yourself in a city you've never been in before and you want to get a cup of coffee. So you pull up, pull open, you know, Google Maps or whatever you top, you, you type in, you know, coffee shops near me. And you've got, you know, if you're in a, a relatively uh, busy city, you've got two or three options. And one of those options is always Starbucks. And one of those options, if you're in the Northeast, might be Dunkin' Donuts. And another option might be some coffee shop you've never heard of before. There are, depending on who you are, depending on the type of person you are, the kind of, depending on how you see yourself will determine which of those three you are willing to go to. If everything else being equal, right? Not to say like you've got to walk 17 miles to go to one, but there are people who will only go to a Starbucks because Dunkin' Donuts coffee tastes terrible. There are people who only go to Dunkin' Donuts because Starbucks coffee is way too expensive for coffee. And then there are the type of people who I don't ever want to go to Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts. Damn you. I'm going to the cool coffee shop on the corner with the funky music and the tattooed baristas because that's the kind of person I am and I want to reflect my own identity through the decisions that I make. And so that to me is is a huge – one, it's a good – like I said, a good branding exercise or a good branding lesson. But it's also ge like genuinely like are you the type of person who chooses Starbucks, Dunkin' Donuts or some funky little coffee shop that nobody's ever heard of before. So technically that's the three types of people, but I'm going I I love your answers. They're, they're so much more specific than what I'm going to say. And they're so much more fun. <laughs> um, so I thought of it as basically, I think there's two types of people. There are um, drains and fountains. Mm, there are people that yep. bring energy to your life and suck energy from you. There are people that make your life easier, more enjoyable. They're awesome to be around. And then there's the opposite. Um, you know, I think that that's, uh, you almost call it like it's an assets and liabilities type thing that you, there's people yeah. in your life that you are so glad that they're a part of your life. They enhance it. They make it better. Um, they, um, they're just that they're fountains. They fill you up. And then there's, <laughs> there is the opposite. There's the people that, you know, whether they're walking into your class as a coach or you see the text message or the email from them, or you see, you're like, ah, man, um, and that's, gosh, I ho hope I'm always looked at as a fountain uh, to the people that are meaningful in my life. Yeah. I, I, I was thinking about something similar to that recently. I, was, I don't know why I started thinking about cynical people, but I think one of, the, one of the, the biggest drains, at least for me, are cynics. People who just can't see anything through a, a positive light, just who just constantly are focused on the negative and constantly focused on what's wrong. And I was just thinking about like one of the, one of the best you know, happiness hacks, if you want to call that is, 
just like make a list of the 10 people you spend the most time with and circle the one or two that are the most cynical and just reduce the amount of time you spend near mm, them. And you'll just be that. significantly happier. Um, some, and again, for, for the reasons you just laid out, like some people, and I just, I just think cynicism is one of the, again, for me is one of the biggest strains. I would uh, just like, just stay away. Yeah. From if you can't, it's, if you it's can't complainers figure out in that, general for me, complain, like yeah. I cannot be around people. I complain. And this is actually, it, we, we never even talked about this, Heather and I, but, um, in terms of like, this is the filter system we're going to use for the people. We, yep. But, um, when we meet people, um, for the first time, we're like, we could hang out with them. Like, that's cool. Like, yeah. and then we like, they don't complain. It's literally like, <laughs> that's like, it's the first thing that like, it's either like, maybe that's the two body people. It's complainers and non-complainers. Yeah. You know, it's like, that's such a big one is, you know, we met this, uh, couple that we went skiing with, um, that we met up there, they're, they're our um, daughter and their daughter are like really good friends. And we just have to be at the mountain at the same time. So we, the daughters met up. So we ended up skiing with them. We hung out with them afterwards for a little bit in the lodge and we got done. We're like, Oh my God, that's so awesome. Like, cause what most people to your point, I should say most people, what a lot of people do <laughs> is the way they create conversation is by pointing out negatives of so many different yeah. things. Yep. And man, that's draining. Yeah. It kind of goes back to that. Um, um, Eleanor Roosevelt quote, you know, which is small people talk about other people, mm. average minds talk about events and great minds talk about ideas. Yep. Well, it's hard to be, you know, like it, it's so easy when you talk about other people like complain about like, you know, you talk to like, you meet other couples and they complain about their in-laws. They complain about the teachers. They it's like, Whoa, drain, drain, drain. And we just make the cons. Heather and I make this decision right then. We're like, they're out. <laughs> like, we're not yeah. gonna do it. Yeah. Or if they're not that, then we're like consciously like, let's let's pull them in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's pull them in. I like that. Yeah. They're they ours now. In, they could be in the bubble. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right. Love that. Uh, and uh, and uh, I fully con I fully uh, concur that that is a uh, a good practice to do. Last one we've got. I'm actually really excited to to hear your answer on this. Uh, what is the number number one rule in your moral code? Uh, I go first, but I'm going to make uh, you I go first. Cause I, actually... I think I go first now. Yeah. Okay, good. Cause I, I kind of um, hear your answer. This is like, it's, uh, it's one of those that I've, I've operated by for a long time. It's yeah. do the right thing regardless. Yep. Um, and I know you've heard me say that that's, it's actually a big part of the business seminar presentations I used to do is I, I believe that's the definition of integrity. Um, if you live your life with integrity, man, it just takes a lot of the weight off of your shoulders. It's honestly, it makes life so much simpler and easier. Um, so if you do the right things for the right people, for the right reasons, but it's doing the right thing regardless. And that's like, um, oh man, it's just popping into my head right now. So it's basically unconditional integrity, mm. right? That's basically what it is. It's like, no matter what you do the right thing. And that's no matter how small or big and hard it is. So the right thing, you know, when you, um, leave whole foods and you put your, you, you wheel the cart out and you put your bags in your car, the right thing to do, no matter how small it is, the right thing to do is to wheel the cart back to the little cart storage living corral area. That's the right thing to do. Yes, it's harder. Yes, it's going to take more time, but it's the right thing to do regardless. Regardless if anyone's going to see it, regardless if anybody's impacted by this, but it's the right thing to do. Maybe that's why 
I like the picking up the trash thing. And I like the, yeah. if you find money, you return it type thing. But it's also no matter how big or hard it is. So if employee is not meeting your expectations, what's the easy thing to do? It's, well, maybe they'll just get better tomorrow. And then you just keep on having that conversation with yourself and your team or whatever it is. And you never do the actual right thing, which is to have the hard conversation about them not meeting expectations. But that is the right thing to do no matter how hard it is to do it. And I think if we... To me, that is a, a moral compass that I hope to um, continue to leave, lead the way that I, I try to navigate life and um, certainly not perfect with it at all um, and definitely struggle with the small and the big things. You know, so a small thing, it's, I don't think it's right to, um, you know, stay up late. You know, mm-hmm. I think it's um, not right to miss a day of training. I don't think it's right to not um, hug and kiss my kids when I come home. It's like, you just kind of use that as a way to like, what is the right thing to do right now? Mm. And I think it's a, it's a good moral compass mm. of which we can use to navigate the world with. Yeah. That's really cool. I hadn't, I, I, I hadn't thought about integrity in, in, in quite that much, maybe nuance or depth, like the idea of like, you don't skip a training session or you like all these things. Like there are, when looked at through that filter, there are right and wrongs. And maybe there's sometimes there's a lot of gray in there, but like, should I train or should I not train? Well, the right answer is yes. <laughs> yeah. Right? right. So, um, so looking at it through that, it's interesting because you, know, you don't really think about integrity that way. You think about integrity in like that kind of classic, like sort of how you started, like do the right thing. Uh, but then really when it's like, well, what does that mean? What is the right thing in this situation when, when it's not 800, you didn't find 800 bucks on the ground, right? Like it's not that black and white as to what the right thing is. Um, that's cool. I like that. Let me ask you this before, because I was thinking about this and quite frankly, like I, I asked this because the term, the idea of a moral code is not really something I've ever thought of before. It's like, it's not a phrase I've thought of. It's not a, a, a thought exercise that I've had. So I, I, I just I say that to just ask, like, when you think about moral code, quote unquote, is that the same thing that we've talked about a lot, whether it's like values or whether it's principles, whatever name you want to give it? Do you look at those kind of things as synonyms or is there something about this idea of a moral code that is either different or nuanced or something else? I think it's uh, um, a sibling in the, same, in the same family. I don't think it yeah. means the exact same thing. Um values are truly like what's important to you. You know, it's, that's what it is. It's like, it's what I value. I value the life of animals. So I'm a vegetarian. That's not me, but that is people. I value, um, um, leaving the earth a better place than I found it. So I'm a green activist. Like that's what it's their values. Principles are, even closer to a moral compass and, and, and moral code in my mind. Principles are the guiding actions, um, the guiding, um, the guideposts for that, de- that determine your um, actions, decisions, and behaviors. Mm-hmm. So it's essentially like you establish the principles of which you're going to operate by. And that is um, a principle might be like um, the customer is always right. You know, I don't believe that, but if that's a principle you believe in, it helps a lot of decisions along the way. If you have that principle, another principle might be, um, um, like in the military, like, um, do not shoot unless fired upon like, okay, there's a principle like that. You can just like lay out to your team. And now you don't have these like trigger happy, you know, 20 somethings going in, like blowing up the village. 
So principles can help guide actions, decisions, and behaviors. A moral code or a moral compass is um, kind of like your um, your personal belief and ethos system. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it is the, the the where do you what do you say is right and wrong, mm-hmm. and having a strong moral compass in my mind of knowing what is the North star that is right for you. Um, again, helps with a lot of the way we navigate life. And the more that we become self-aware of these things ahead of time, it, it simplifies life a lot because you then come up against these really tough, hard decisions of, you know, which I'm helping some of my friends go through right now of like, should I stay together with my wife or not? Yeah. Like, that's a really hard thing to do unless you create some things ahead of time. Yep. Like, if you don't know what it is you value, what it is you want out of your life, it's tough. Like, if you say like, no, it's about, you know, um, forever means forever. My word is my bond. I committed this in the face of God. Like, okay, that's one thing. If it's no, I want to live my life with passion and fervor and, and, you know, and, um, excitement and love. And I don't want to settle for anything. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that's another thing. And if you understand Mm -hmm. what those things are ahead of time, it can, it can, it can aid in some really tough points. Um, you know, understanding that you, if you put your team above profits, well, that's what I believe. I believe that we should take care of our team before we look at the bottom line. So when COVID hit and we had to decide whether to furlough, fire, or pay, that was a really hard decision until I realized that decision had already been made beforehand. And it was, mm-hmm. we're going to continue to pay until we no longer can. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just kind of helps along with those. Uh, I think a moral code, a moral compass is, again, just one of those um, – beacons that help guide you when, when the, the seas get rougher. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, I'm going to, I'll give you my answer with the caveat being that this is, this is the beginning of my thinking through a, a moral code and, and what that looks like. But as I was thinking about it, I, you know, I thought about first, I thought about values cause that's sort of just where I started. And one of, you know, I've got a couple, that a couple of values that I've, I've sort of stress tested over the years. And one of them is generosity. And so as I started thinking about a moral code, the, the first thing that came to mind is, or, or the thing that came to mind is that my number one rule is to always be generous. Love that. And I think that when I think about my life, when I think about the times that I've done things that have made me the most proud, it was always uh, on the back of my choosing to be generous when I didn't have to maybe, which I guess is kind of part and parcel of what generosity is, right? You don't always, you don't have to be generous. Mm-hmm. Um, and so again, you know, thinking about what a moral code is, thinking about kind of everything you just said, I think to me that feels like what would be number one is to to always be generous, and that's gener- generous with time, generous with uh, whatever uh, knowledge I've been able been able to glean, uh, generous with my attention, generous with my patience, generous with uh, my money. Um, and, and continuing, you know, I, lo- I kind of love what you just said. Like, I, that's a really good, in the same way that, that thinking about it, uh, integrity, like, 
yeah, integrity. There's there's an easy answer of integrity. Like everybody kind of knows is that is that is the you know the shopping cart thing leaving a that's easy. Like I can see that, but integrity can go through lots of different um, uh, avenues, lots of different channels, lots of different opportunities in life. And if you're always constantly saying what is the what what is the answer here? What is my choice here? That is the most that 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 I can say I can I've chosen with the most integrity. I think you can do the same with generosity. Um, and how and where and, and, and can I continue to look at opportunities and say, well, what is the most generous option that I have here? And can I, can I do that? Can I act with generosity? Wow. I love that. I, I really love that. Um, you know, I create a, a kind of, a, it, it creates a through line for me. So mm-hmm. do the right things regardless, right people, right reasons. And this idea of generosity, um, gleaning what you've learned um, giving up your time. I actually, as you were talking, it's the reason we never really talk about this, but it's mm-hmm. the reason that we've never done sponsorships and advertisements on this podcast mm-hmm. because it never felt right. Yep. And we want to be generous yep. and we've had the opportunity for some really, I mean, people reach out a lot to be, to sponsor the podcast and when I listen to other people's podcasts, I don't like it when mm-hmm. there's an ad and I don't want there to be that moment where people are, are uh, and, you know, it kind of brings me back to a little bit of like the early days of CrossFit, you know, when mm-hmm. they said, and I didn't really, I'm, I'm actually formulating this in real time as we're talking about right now, when, when Greg Glassman, as crazy as he was, mm-hmm. when he said no to money and he did it all the all time, time, all the time, all the, all the, all the time. And then he would spend money just to like stick it to people that are sticking to others, you know, $3 million lawsuit against, you know, Gatorade just to say like Gatorade isn't healthy just to do it. Like, you know, the vigilante aspect, like, but <clears throat> man, that kind of like, they're not taking the corporate dollars. Yep. They're being incredibly generous with their time knowledge. They give it away for free. I think it um, just lended to a more uh, trustworthy platform. And I'm actually forming this right now. Maybe that's, and I'm guessing that's the reason, that's a big reason that I, I don't want to take yeah. endorsement deals on this podcast is because. I want people to believe that what we're saying is truly coming from the heart and doesn't have a secondary agenda. Mm-hmm. And I never want that feeling for anybody to feel like um, I'm not doing this for the right reasons. I'm not doing this mm-hmm. right regardless. Yep. And being generous with this time, offering what we have to share with other people, um, even if there is we're foregoing some other opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. <clears throat> it's interesting. I agree with you that there, there was a lot of, again, as you said that, you know, the caveat of Greg, like all, all, you know, taking him in totality, one of the things he always was, was incredibly generous. And I think that that generosity was imbued in the, in the, in the company, in the brand uh, from the early days. And you know what, what I think is interesting, and I, this isn't the point of it, and it's not my experience of it, and it's not why I do it, and I know it's not why anybody who's generous does it, but I've found that there's almost never any downside to generosity. 
In fact, I, I, I almost always find upside to generosity. Again, not the point. I'm not doing it with, a, right. with the, the, the idea that I'm going to get something out of this eventually. Right. It's not that. But like, I, th I honestly, like, I haven't thought about this in a while, but in, in many ways, I, I thought about it because, you know, as you were talking about the, the, the podcast, this podcast, in many ways, and I don't know if you'll remember this, this podcast exists because I chose, oh, gosh, many, many years ago now to, to, to choose to be generous towards you when I didn't have to. You didn't expect it. You didn't, you didn't, you didn't ask for it. But it was the, um, I think about this. I haven't thought about it for a while, but I thought about it a lot in the years after. But you did your first affiliate seminar there at CrossFit. At least I think it was the first. Maybe it was the second. Maybe yep. you're still testing it out. But I filmed it. I was like, hey, I can come film it. I maybe make some videos for HQ. That was kind of part of what I did at again faster. And so I, I stood in the back. I filmed the whole thing. And then I remember it was maybe that night or the day after or whatever. I sent you like again. You didn't ask for it. I don't, it might have been obnoxious to receive. But I sent you like a three thousand word email of like here's my thoughts on. The seminar because it was still early. I knew you were still developing and formulating it. Didn't expect anything from it. I didn't. I, there was no aster. I was just like, if this is at all useful to you, here you go. And we never talked about it again. It was again. There, I didn't have it asked. There was no point to it. But I genuinely believe that that moment when I came to you three, four, five years later to uh, to to talk about whether or not we there was something we could do to work together, what eventually came became the immersion program and eventually became this podcast. I think you were more than happy to sit down with me because in the back of your mind, you would have, we had had that moment of, well, shit, like how, he, he can't be that bad. He sent me 3000 words trying to help me make the seminar better. Right. And again, I don't think that was conscious. I don't think you sat down and said, weighed the pros and cons of should I give him an hour of my time? But I do believe that like, that was a big reason why you were receptive to, well, you sure. Yeah. Come on over. We, we can chat about what you're thinking about. Right. Um, just like from a subconscious level, where we're always doing this fight or flight that, you know, this like yeah. parasympathetic, sympathetic nervous system, yep. fight or flight or rest and relax. We're also on a subconscious level, always trying to measure friend or foe. Yeah. Interesting. Yep. And we are constantly trying to put people in. We need to know that. Like if I turn my back, are they going to attack me or are they somebody I can trust inherently no matter what? And um, from a subconscious level, your acts of generosity are doing exactly that. They're just yeah. filing away in other people's subconscious, like friend, trust. Yeah, that's really cool, Patrick. Yeah. So, anyways, that's fun to think about. I haven't thought about it for, for a little bit. All right, my friend, that was really fun. Five questions. I like these. I like these episodes. Oh, folks like them as well. Um, if you have questions out there that you want us to throw into the bin, again, I usually just grab them randomly from Reddit. So if you have a good one that kind of fits into this model, into this format where Ben and I can kind of hash uh, back and forth as to see if we sit, see if we agree, um, find me on Instagram, PS coming, send me a DM. Otherwise, thank you for listening. Thank you for your ratings and your reviews. Ben and I will be back next week for another episode of Chasing Excellence. You can get every episode of Chasing Excellence wherever you listen to your podcasts or on YouTube. Until next time, thank you for listening.